Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Unfold, unveil, and reveal under the rose-petal sky and above the curb-scuffed drift of feet. Shine at the nightfall and darken in the shadows of the day. Unlock yourself to me. The moon underwater. And hello to the lovely Robin Allender. And I have to say that here this evening in the moon underwater, there's a beautiful sunset just streaming in through uh, various angles of glass. And it would seem that we have revealed ourselves close to some beautiful collections of British birds. Mm, There's bird song. There are birds in the eaves. The great thing about this sunset is the pub is actually on the horizon, mm. the moon underwater, so we're that much closer to the sunset. And it's like we're getting every little moment of the spectrum in order. Yeah. So the the light initially was, was red, uh, orange, then it turned to yellow. Mm. And now we're at the sort of yellow to blue stage. Green? Mm. Yeah, green. green. To, oh, that's green, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's green. We're at the green hour. We are in the green hour. A dull green, like a, a bottle of wine. Yes, it's almost like the light is shining through uh, an empty wine bottle, mm. casting its its greenness ablaze. <laughs> Uh, and I can see swifts. I can hear blackbirds, thrushes, a, a warbler. I believe that is. Yeah. Do you, are you a bird man? I am at one with the birds, I communicate with the birds, but I can very rarely tell different ones apart, especially if they're brown. Yes, yes. Um, my, I think my mum listened to one of your radio shows, and you were talking about ravens. And my mum said, he wouldn't have had ravens. <laughs> um, I don't think I, they were. I think they're crows. Might have been crows, yeah. But they made their nest in my eaves, oh. which was very problematic. Really? Uh, because they got between my the tiles of my roof and the lining. Mm. Uh, so they were sort of scrabbling around and, and waking me in the wee small hours. Is that a metaphor? Well, it did feel at times like the crows were in my mind. Between the eaves of your kind of outer consciousness and the, the sort of attic of your unconscious. Between the ego and the id stand the crows. <laughs> yeah. And how they scrabble about in in vast memory. Yeah. So how are you, Robin, on this fine, green, blazing eve at the moon underwater? Yeah, I'm fine, John. Yeah, I'm doing well. I saw a photo of you in a pub. Yep. So, again, Sylvan Post getting a lot of shout-outs. Went there last night. So as we're recording this, pubs have reopened. We went 
this is the but we went pre that uh but um it was absolutely pissing it down and we were the only customers they'd had for 3 hours really yeah you, and you were inside <laughs> no 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 we were outside under ah, a cuz today is the revealing day Today they reveal, yeah. Where all pubs reveal themselves anew. Yes, the interiors. And I wonder if it's worth just taking a brief silence to remember those pubs that have not returned from this lockdown. Rest in pubs. Very nice. Uh, but seriously, very, it is really, very sad for an awful lot of yeah. great pubs we won't see again, including a pub we've mentioned on here before, the Constitution. Oh, oh Yes. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, where I had that delicious pint of Gloucester Brewery's Best and Golden Most Ale, which we, we supped and mm. talked about at length on uh, Behind the Cellar Door, which is the yeah. bonus podcast uh, you can get if you subscribe on Patreon to the top two tiers, the TTTs. <laughs> uh, you can uh, download a monthly bonus podcast where Robin and I... We go beyond not just the cellar door, but beyond the pub itself. Yes, it's the kind of pub within and it's the pub without. Yeah, we taste different beers. We set ourselves pub scenarios. Uh, we engage in pub memory exchanges. Yeah. <laughs> it really, anything goes. Yeah, yeah. We wipe the hard drive clean of those pub memories. Whilst putting them on a new hard drive where they're... This is less likely to fail. It's a solid state hard drive. Yeah, we transfer those memories to a nice solid state, sol- solid state, one terabyte hard drive. <laughs> and uh, also uh, this evening, I am supping a uh, 0.3% IPA Ooh. from Beaver Town, which I'm very much enjoying. Oh, great. And uh, listeners to the Moon Underwater podcast get a special offer you can get a discount from drydrinker.com using the code moonunderpod that'll get you 20% off some of the most exciting alcohol free and low alcohol beers wines and ciders around and let me tell you there's an enormous selection i'm off the booze tonight because i had my jab today oh you've been bejabbed i've been bejabbed and befizered mm, oh you got befizered oh i got astrazeneca did you i got yeah. befizered AstraZeneca weeks. Yeah, Befizered uh, and Bejabed. I thought you'd like a bit of Astra- AstraZeneca. Well, um, it wasn't on offer, I don't think. And also, apparently, under thirty, under 40s, which I am, let's, let's remember, uh, under 40s. Is that why I got it? Because I'm over 40. Yeah, I think so. You got any, any sideies? Any sideies? No sideies yet. Mm. Once you've been bejabbed yeah. and they hand you a list of potential sideies, yeah. you're really analysing your every ache and sort of twinge. I mean, I'm going out for dinner with my uh, fiancé tomorrow for her birthday, and mm. I'd read a few things that said you can wake up the next morning just feeling a bit like you've got a hangover. Yeah. So I didn't want to double down. No. And also, a bit like you say, you want to know what's a potential sidey and what's a potential cider. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. I was very woozy. I was very woozy in the evening, and I felt really rough the next day. Well, I tell you what, we need Robin. Go on. Is an injection into this pub. Yeah, we need an injection of um, a guest. What about the mist mail? Oh, the mist mail is. Th- the oh, mist the mail. mist has called. Sorry, I was round the back doing the pipes. No, the the mist man came with his box of ale. Uh, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> the mist man called yeah with his uh, bag full of letters which i sighed for yeah uh so i've got some lovely thank you so much everyone who's emailed in we read them all and they're all brilliant um but yeah this is a great email that uh edward has written in with it's a, it's a lovely dear john and robin as an english lit graduate and fellow nostalgia haver who loves pubs and session ale, even at 24 years old Ooh, i wish i was 24 years old the moon underwater feels like it was made inside my mind well, it is. It is, yeah, it is, Edward. All else coming up for air is the closest thing to your podcast I can think of. The longing for the carp he shall never return to, mm. f- to return to fish for in the pool behind the house he'll never go back to. I know John loves this book, as I remember him mentioning it on the radio some time ago. That mention struck a chord with me as I fell in love with it myself while hidden away in my room on a French exchange years ago. I subsequently wrote a poem. Edward, are we mates? Because you sound like the, that sounds like the kind of thing we do. Are you us? <laughs> yeah, are you us? 
<laughs> I subsequently wrote a poem based on the evocative lines in the book 1913, my God, 1913, the stillness, the green water, the rushing of the weir before the boys were killed. I could go on indefinitely. Instead, I'd like to share a small poem I wrote several years ago about my favourite pub, a dark wooded humble place called the Sussex Arms, which houses the ghosts of many of my happiest memories. Mm. At age 20, I bowled up to the pub to tell the manager I'd written a poem, oh my God, about his establishment. <laughs> and if you would like, I could have, have it printed and framed so he could hang it on the wall, as I was probably going to be a famous poet one day. He politely declined. <laughs> <laughs> Shall I read out the poem from Edward? Yeah. It's called The Sussex. I left my heart in the Sussex under the gables low, when our disparate days had passed and pilgrims of our mutual ale we shuffled in at last and shared our youthful struggles at the world. I left my heart in the Sussex and counting what I owe in scraps of silver on the bar, had just enough for you and I, two pints as black as tar, and Monty sang his ballad sure and slow. I left my coat in the Sussex and cursed myself, although I know tomorrow I'll return to hear another tale and heady bliss relearn, inhaling draught by draught the ruddy glow. That's very nice and very on brand. Ooh, I don't mind a bit of that, mate. (laughs) I'd like to drink a pint of poems, please. Yes, indeed. And speaking of poems, John, if you'll allow me, this is another great email from Tom Hoskins. Hi, John, I would like to challenge you to a high cue-off. I will, of course, go first, welcome your retort, and invite Robin to decide the winner. So here's his haiku. Is it pronounced haiku? I think it's haiku. It might be haiku, yeah. Let's go with haiku. So here's Tom's uh, haiku. Mind realm beyond pub. Lovely start. Ne'er the raven's core calls time, sun high submerged moon. Very nice. Oh, that's lovely. I love the feel that we're getting in the moon underwater, the sea. Yeah, poetry. Of poetry and Shakespeare. Uh, If you have any pub-based poetry or pub poems that you like, you don't have to write your own, do send them in to john at moonunderpod.com and I will attempt to quite the good... (laughs) The good sir's haiku with one of my own next week. Could you just read it again, Rob? Yeah, sure. Mind realm beyond pub. Ne'er the raven's core calls time. Sun high submerged moon. Maybe it should be air the raven's core, because air is an old-fashioned word for before, wasn't it? Mm. But who knows? Tom, if you want to explain, please get in touch. Yeah, do show your workings <laughs> with your haikus, people. <laughs> yeah. Um, But now we must clear away these sheaths of rhyme uh, to welcome in our guest this evening. So I am just going to give the bar a final polish. Uh, I'm just going to draw off half a pint of Guinness just to make sure that it's not yesterday's Guinness we're serving. I do think that's quite important. Yeah, get it through the pipes. Get it through the pipes, mate, and then get it in the pipes, down the pipes, and through the pipes again. And that's the circle of life and the circle of Guinness. Robin, have you noticed that the street seems to be trying to reveal something to us? It's gently ululating, yeah. Yeah, I I do get that feeling when the street just ululates, and that is the word. I think it's the word. And it's almost like it's revealing something to us, just as this pub reveals itself Mm. uh, to those who need it the most. And I've got a real hunch that the street is trying to reveal... Uh, star of comedy and screen. Do you get that feeling from just the way the street is ululating? I think the street is definitely trying to express itself in the way only streets can. Yeah, and I think it might be trying to to express someone who starred in Derek in Afterlife, someone who won Taskmaster. I get that vibe from the street tonight. But also an incredibly well-respected stand-up comedian in their own right. And the street says, let us not forget that. Yeah, the street's very articulate tonight. (laughs) (laughs) The street is, and the street has been proved correct, because I think that's the door. And in walks none other than actor, comedian, radio star... Kerry Godliman. Hello, Kerry. Oh, hello. What a lovely introduction. Oh, well, it's such a pleasure to have you here in the moon underwater. Do pull up 
any sort of seat that you desire, whether it's a stool, a comfy leather armchair, we've got pretty much everything here for you. Stand at the bar if you want. You can stand at the bar. That's absolutely fine. Have you got any booths? I like a booth. We have got, and I'm delighted to say this, we've got infinite booths. I love booths. They're like little wombs. Pull up a little womb booth. The womb booth. So, Kerry, I was thinking about your arrival to the moon underwater. And I was thinking about all the times that I've gigged with you. And you have something that I think much fewer comedians have than think they have, which is that ability to talk on stage and make people laugh in exactly the way when people say, oh, it's like having a chat in the pub or it's like seeing my funniest friend talk. You genuinely have that rare quality where when I'm watching you on stage, I know that you could walk off stage and be chatting at the bar in exactly the same way and being just as funny and you have no sort of persona. I mean, you may have a persona, I don't know, but if you do, it's very convincing. But you have that natural ability to talk like you're sort of holding court with your mates or in pub company. I'm I'm very pleased with that. (laughs) I like that. And it's immediate, which makes you a really engaging comedian. But I wondered, did you, does the pub play a part in sort of you getting into stand-up? Because I can just imagine you holding court with friends in a pub and making your mates laugh and having your mates make you laugh. Oh, definitely. And I still think some of my favourite gigs are in pubs as well. I feel very at home in pubs. I don't drink as much in pubs as I used to, but early gigs are all pubs, aren't they? They're more pubs than clubs in the early days of stand-up. Yeah. Yeah, and um, definitely I did. A massive part of my 20s was being in the pub. And was that something that inspired you to do stand-up, being funny in front of your friends? Was it like your friends saying, you're so funny, you should do this on stage kind of thing? Yeah, maybe a little bit. I always liked stand-up anyway, and I used to go to comedy clubs and gigs in local pubs to where I lived when I was, you know, in my late teens. There was a big pub culture in my youth, and I suppose a lot of that, what we call banter, if you cut out the other person, then you've got a stand-up routine, haven't you? (laughs) So, yeah, it probably did evolve a little bit in the pub. And it evolved partly from being an unemployed actor and wanting to find ways to um, to, to perform and, 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 you know, combine those skills. So where did you grow up and what what is this pub culture of which you speak? Mm, I grew up in West London. I probably started drinking in our local pub in Greenford, which is sort of in Ealing, Middlesex Ealing, end of the central line. And I remember we used to go to the Litton Tree every Friday night. And that was the, probably the first pub that I properly committed to. There was another one in Greenford called The Red Lion, which I think Irvin Walsh mentions in one of his books. But it's since been knocked down. Because there's a Red Lion by Ealing, a common station. Oh, I think I know that one. Which is the Ealing Studios pub. Yeah. There's some lovely pubs in Ealing. Oh, some belters. But I've seen Andy Circus in that pub twice. Mm, that's quite a spot. So tell us about the Litton Tree. The Litton Tree, I think that's gone now as well. God, it's really depressing when your kind of staples of your youth are, oh, it's all gone. Um, The the Red Lion was the more grungy pub or more proper uh, old man pub and then taken over by kind of younger people. And then the Litton Tree was what I suppose at the time we called the more the cash pub. And it was a mock Tudor, low-ceilinged... I remember watching... The World Cup. Do you remember the Italian World Cup that that year? What year was that? 1990? 1990, yeah. Yeah, I remember watching those games there. The Cameroon-England game. I remember watching it in the Litton Tree. And it was just where all the people from my school drank on a Friday night. And it was. A, it had an amazing garden. So I associate it more as an outdoor pub than an indoor pub. It had a massive garden where you could just keep secrets and get shit-faced. Oh, that's a nice thought, keeping secrets in a pub garden. Yeah, like illicit snogs and pukes. Sounds like bliss. <laughs> so is that where the ma- the magic of the pub became real for you in the Litton Tree? Yeah, I, I liked the ritual of it. I always liked that, that that was what we did on a Friday night. You know, that, that, that everybody I wanted to see would be there. It would be fun and it just wasn't complicated whereupon like oh as you get older there's other options or choices but for that time it was like everyone went there there wasn't anywhere else maybe the red lion but that was 
crap. So we, we end up at the Litton Tree. You say you drink less in pubs now than you used to. Is is that work and family or is that a conscious choice as well? I think I think it's partly work and family. I don't have the capacity to drink as much alcohol as I did, obviously, when I was younger. My hangovers now are like, I could get sectioned for a week from a hangover. So they're just... Really? Yeah, I've got to an age where it isn't as much fun. I still, I still, this is my main vice. I never really went through a very sort of druggy phase. I've always just preferred alcohol and I've always liked pub culture. And I love parties in pubs and lock-ins in pubs and gigs in pubs and all the things that happen in pubs. But um, I, I just haven't got the capacity for it anymore to drink as much. And I've never been one to really enjoy a pub if you're not having an alcoholic drink. I've tried that. It's not as much fun. So do you still live in West London? No, I live in South East London now. Oh, where? I live in West Norwood. And I've lived in South London way longer than I lived in West London. So most of my sort of student 20s drinking was South. I'm sure we'll get to it, but, but my like college pub was the big key pub in my pub life. I'm not far away in, um, in Forest Hill. I'm, I'm in Forest Hill, so not far away from the... Oh, what's that pub that they gentrify? That's an, they've got a nice pub near the station. The Signal, but it used to be The Hob, which was which did a lot of gigs. No, I mean the other one. That, oh. I know The Hob, they had gigs there. Yeah, The Sylvan Post is the one that used to be the post office, which is kind of very... No, dead. I don't mean that one. Ah. I mean the Victorian one that's right by the station. The Great Exhibition, that one. That's kind of East Dulwich. Something like that. It's got some... Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. It's right by the station. You're going to kick yourself when this is over. because I will. I probably it, will. It's yeah. by the dentist. Kick myself anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get to that major college pub that beats at the heart of your being with terrible wings... Let's have your first two selections for your dream pub, Kerry, which is two draft items. Right. Well, it would have to be lager or ale. I mean, at that time in the 90s, it would have been Stella. I'm drinking Stella now, so... Yeah, I mean, a draft Stella <laughs> at that time or a Cronenberg or something like that. They were the drinks that I would have drunk then. Well, I'm, I'm going to have to push you for a brand if you want a lager. It doesn't matter what it is. We're not fussy. All right, I'll have a... I'll have a Cronenberg. A pint of numbers. I love the writing down of this data. Yeah. (laughs) And your second draft item, please, Kerry. I'm not a big cider drinker, so it's likely to just be another sort of beery, probably like a Leffy or something like that. Do you say? Ooh. I think I'll go for one of those posh. Is it Belgian or French? One of those. Belgian. It's very strong stuff, Leffy. Oh, oh, I've been pissed on a ferry on that. Yeah. Oh, so so much fun. She was in a pub once where they served that in pints. It, come, and it oh. comes in pints and you don't want a pint of left. You don't need a pint of that. No. That's quite a good description for being drunk is being pissed on a ferry. Pissed on, I was pissed on a ferry. He's not just pissed, he's pissed on a ferry just trying <laughs> to sort of get your balance. Absolutely. You didn't mean the bird in hand, did you, in Forest Hill? Sorry, I'm going back to this. <laughs> oh, I know that one as well, but no, I'm no. going to Google it. Okay. Go on. <laughs> Hey, we've always got time for a quick pub Google. We have, yeah. Because the hob has now fully gone and been replaced with a signal, hasn't it? Oh, the Dartmouth Arms. The Dartmouth Arms, you mean. The Dartmouth Arms, sorry. Yeah, that's it. The Dartmouth (laughs) Arms. I knew you'd be cross. Yeah, sorry, sorry. (laughs) Fuck's sake. And so you should be sorry. You really should be sorry. That has been gentrified, (laughs) but it's sort of, it's kind of going back the other way now. Oh, really? It's kind of betwixt the twain, yeah, yeah. Oh, that that got posh whilst I lived in Forest Hill. Yeah, it got, it's sort of of too posh, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's sort of the new pub gentrification is undoing gentrification. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so Cronenberg and uh, Leffe. Robin, Robin, thoughts, you're you're our... um, You're a resident lager specialist. Cronenberg is, is, I find it quite gassy. Mm. Mm. But I'll, I'll definitely do Cronenberg. So Rob's in Cronenberg. Yeah, I used to I used to drink lots of bottles of Cronenberg. Have you? Yeah, because think all the things you could have had on draft. I, I've got regrets already. I've got. It's absolutely fine. You hey, this pub has no laws, so you're allowed to change at any time. But I don't think you should change because you're ashamed of having a sort of cooking lager. No cooking lager. <laughs> oh, there's no shame for me here. There's no shame. I want to talk about this. College pub. Talk to me. What's it called? Where is it? And how did it feel? 
I think it was called the North Pole and it was on Creek Road in Deptford. Oh, I think I know the North Pole. I don't know what it's like now. I don't think it will be the same as what it was then. There might be a North Pole in on Bulls Pond Road, maybe. Look up the Creek Road pub. There was one called the Hoy, which no one ever went into. I think it had ghosts drinking in it. And then there was... I went to a college called Rosebrew for College. They've knocked it down now and it's all over in Sidcup. But when I was there, they had a site in Deptford on Creek Road. And the Duke, there's the Duke. The Duke, that was it. The Duke, it was the Duke. And um, is there a- is there anything that exists from your life that's still standing? <laughs> <laughs> Why do they knock all the pubs down? They do take a lot of the pubs away, don't they? The Duke is very much still there, and it was a really great pub and the reason why I thought it was called the North Pole is because one of the girls in my year or the year above wrote a play about it called the North Pole and she based it on the Duke and that's why I got mixed up Um, yeah and it was a really lovely play and they they set it in a pub and I think they performed it in a pub in a pub pub all my pub memories are coming back in a pub where did you study then it was called Rose Bruford Drama School and it was um yeah it was on Creek Road which at one end is Deptford and the other end is Greenwich there's a lot of good pubs in Greenwich. But the Duke just... we sp- I probably spent as much time in the Duke as I did studying. You know, I probably was in, in the Duke more, in fact. So what was it like? What sort of clientele? What kind of vibe? It was 90... It was the mid-90s. It hadn't gentrified. That word wasn't even kind of a word that we used then. It had proper old regulars in it and it had all the students from Rose Bruford and probably some of the students from Goldsmith sometimes maybe used to pile in as well. It was quite that mix. That's what I loved about Save Me, the pub in Save Me, really reminded me of exactly that, where you've got old proper locals and students and that those are the two demographics in the pub and fairly happily coexisting, really. And it had a brilliant jukebox. It had a pool table. And again, like I said earlier about the Lytton, you went, Every Friday, you went every Friday and they had lock-ins and it was a really good laugh in there. What are you looking forward in the dream pub we're creating? What do you think it would look like when you, when you kind of walked in? Well, I know what you mean about that balance between excessive gentrification and, and that sticky carpet. There's a sweet spot, isn't there, between somewhere being nice and cosy. I don't mind decor that I would never allow in my own house in a pub, like... Like, I would never have a patterned carpet in my own home, but I'm all for it in a pub. Like, yeah. uh, and upholstery that I just wouldn't allow in my own home. And too many, like, slightly kitsch brass hangings and things like that. And a real fire. Like, a, a slightly, like, a bit like my grand's house in the 70s. That, like, things like that. So it's your grand's house in the 70s. Just writing that down. It's a very good reference point. <laughs> She had a lot of brass shit hanging on her walls. I don't even know what it was. It's a bit weird that. Grandma's just collected stuff like that. I found at my grandma's house a Prince Andrew wedding mug, which is sadly now gone, but uh, I should have kept it, really. Well, you don't need to, do you? I mean, we have, we've got television programmes now to help us declutter all this shit. Yeah. So but do you think before you, you could video stuff, you'd sort of buy the mug to watch it again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Band is so good, man. Yeah, they're they're all right. Yeah, they're they're, they're they're rocking it up. Yeah, man. Solo is like speaking to my soul, man. Yeah, I can sort of feel it. I can feel it speaking to me, my soul. It's quite. It's taking quite a long time to say whatever it's trying to say. Yeah, it's so sweet, man. I mean, it's it's. If anything, it's it might be too long. Yeah, man. Life's too long, man. Solo is like life. Yeah, I think it is too long now. I might, I might go to the pub actually. Don't go to the pub. You're gonna miss the end of the solo. Can you just tell me what happens at the end? I'm off to the moon underwater. Your next choice. You've got two bottled items. I always, I do sometimes go into a pub and just stare with indecision. You know when someone says, "What do you want to drink?" and you're like, "Um, I can't form an opinion." So I'll have a bottle of red wine, probably a Malbec or something like that. Any specific country or brand? No, I'm just not that classy. (laughs) (laughs) It's the vaguest dream pub we've had so far. (laughs) Not fussed, really. Did you want a higher level of... I'm more more after ambience and brass fittings than specific... (laughs) 
Um, I, yeah, red wine. I quite like a red wine. I hate a shit red wine in a pub. Like that, that was a thing as well. Like the Duke, you would never have drank the wine in the Duke. You might have removed paint with it, but you would not have drank it. So you've got a Malbec brackets general. Yeah. Let's say France then. Come on. France. France. <laughs> That's even worse than general. <laughs> Malbec brackets France. All right, let's say Italy then. Go on. Okay. It's it's it if they even make Malbec in Italy, we I don't, don't know. know. Let's just say a nice red Just a nice one. We're talking like eight to nine pounds in the supermarket. That kind of price, is that yeah? yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Go over a tenner. Over a tenner, right. Okay, okay. so it's a 12, yeah, I'm yeah, going to yeah. say 12 pound Italian Malbec. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and your second bottle. I will go for an apple ties. Apple ties, is it? Ooh. I love an apple ties in a pub. If you're not drinking, always go apple ties. Feels like a treat. Interesting, interesting. So a 12 pound Italian Malbec and, <laughs> and an apple ties. Yeah. Superb. Thank you. So did you, were you around pubs a lot when you were a kid, when you were sort of before drinking age? Were your family a pub family? Yeah, there was a pub, the Black Horse, by the Grand Union Canal. My mum and dad, that was a sort of, we'd go there and sit in the garden. I think they had a goat. I seem to remember there was a goat. And I just remember that being quite fun and having packets of crisps and pop. Not massively pubby. I wasn't one of those kids that was left in the car while... A parent was in the pub and I was on the outside of the pub. That wasn't that wasn't something we did. But would would you have a garden and a goat in your pub? Yeah, I would like a garden and a goat. And the Grand Union Canal, actually. I quite like the Grand Union to just run outside. I remember Ian Cognito lived on a barge, the, com- the comedian Ian Cognito, next to a pub. And he was a very, very heavy drinking comedian. And it was sort of a big part of his brand that he lived on a boat and no one could find him and he lived near a pub and then and then another comedian moved into the mooring next to his on a boat <laughs> and it was it was like a, a sort of a sitcom premise yeah I mean both of them very sadly dead now but Cogs and this other comedian both of whom were very heavy drinkers both of whom living on barges next to the pub, and they just sort of neither could be the novelty they wanted to be, but while the other survived. Yeah. Oh God. Uh, well, it's time now before we head to a break uh, to have a quiz because what is a pub without a pub quiz? As long as you know it's on and don't arrive halfway through and just sort of poke your head in and go, oh God, and then walk back out again. So, for the listeners at home, I now hand over to the lovely Robin for the pub quiz. Okay, everybody, pens out, eyes down, it's time for the quiz. He played for Zimbabwe, but he was born in South Africa. I know Alaska is bigger, that wasn't the question. Put your phone away. Right, Michael Jackson's Funky Monkey had been deducted five points. So, yes, welcome to the Moon Underwater pub quiz. Put the phones of your mind away, and let's get down to quizness. As ever, there is no prize, just the reward of dignity and self-respect. I will ask you three questions, and you, you the listeners, and you, you the guest of the moon underwater, and you, you, John, will have the advert break to have a little think in the old brain box about what the answers might be. Then when we return, I will release you from your torment and give you the answers to the questions. So, pens at the ready. This week's quiz is about booze. And what would a pub be without booze? Closed down. Just a room, yeah, and closed. Great, okay, so here are the questions for this week's pub quiz. So question one, which beer am I? My advertising slogan was, refreshes the parts other beers cannot reach, which when you think about it is is quite weird. (laughs) (laughs) So refreshes the uh, parts other beers cannot reach. So write it down, we'll go through the answers after the break. Question two... Which beer am I? Griff Rhys Jones advertised me in the 80s with the slogan, This calls for a... And then it was the brand name. That wasn't... The tagline wasn't just that. (laughs) (laughs) 
How are you getting on so far? Any ideas? Oh, man, I, I'm just remembering adverts from my childhood. Beer adverts were really good. They were really, they were good in the in the past, weren't they? Yeah, they slightly more, free, you know, you could slightly more freewheeling. Uh, question three, your final question was, which beer am I? My tagline was, it's a bit gorgeous. Hmm. Again, that's kind of maybe going back a bit 90s. It's a bit gorgeous. Great questions. Yes. So enjoy thinking about those questions while you listen to these messages. And if you want to avoid listening to these messages, do sign up for the Moon Underwater Patreon. And you can go to patreon.com forward slash moonunderpod to not only avoid adverts, but to receive a bonus podcast every month and an extended episode and and other stuff and uh, early release live tickets for live dates when government regulations allow. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back, folks. We are oh so high and exposed on these tenter hooks. Robin, release us from them with your three beery questions. Thank you, John. Yes, so the answers to this week's pub quiz. We had three questions about beer, specifically advertising slogans thereof. So question one was, which beer am I? My advertising slogan was, refreshes the parts other beers cannot reach. How did you get on with that, Kerry? Is it Carlsberg? No. Heineken. Heineken, uh, yes. One, one or the other. Did you get that, John? I, no, I, I had Carling Black Label. Mm. It's very weird, isn't it? Refreshes the parts. Which parts? I think the mind, maybe. Refreshes your mind <laughs> in a way that other beers don't. It's very strange. I think Carling Black Label for, was for a while when I was a kid advertised by... What was the double act, Kerry, that Steve Frost was in? Oh, Steve Frost. Frost, oh, because Steve Frost used to drink in the hob. Did he? He always was in the hob. Yeah, he was uh, mates with Emma that we talked about earlier. Yes, what were they called? Oh, let me just Google this because it's going to annoy me. The Oblivion Boys. The Oblivion Boys, there you go. Yeah, it was the I Bet He Drinks Carling Black Label. That was a big campaign. It was. And do you remember the one where the blokes would walk weirdly and go, follow the bear? And then they'd have to do this weird walk where they walk like a sort of member of madness to a pub. Shit. Right. Next question. <laughs> Might have blown it. No. Next question was, which beer am I? Griff Reese Jones advertised me in the 80s with the slogan, this calls for a... Holston Pills. Oh, was it? I had harp. That was Holston Pills as well. But that was yeah. that was cut time for a cool, sharp harp, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, they, Griff Reese Jones sort of edited into old films, so it looked like he was interacting with them. Very clever. Yes. I always remember the one where he had those bottle-bottom glasses and said, this will be your lucky day. And that was for a Holston Pills. What ever happened to Holston Pills? No, you never see it, do you? No. Uh, Question three. Which beer am I? My tagline was, it's a bit gorgeous. Was this Boddington? It was, with Melanie Sykes. Indeed, yeah. I was going for that, yes. Boddington's there. Yes, so I got these, um, I got this, 
the Holston Pills information I got from a website called www.doyourremember.co.uk forward slash memory forward slash Holston Pills, <laughs> which is a lovely URL. Um, but I, I found a lot of um, other slogans from a, a website. Maybe we'll link to. Do you remember Hemmeling Lager? I think it maybe it's a German thing. But apparently the slogan was, give him a right good hemmeling tonight, and wouldn't you rather be hemmeling? And I also, um, I put, I've got a few of the slogans together, and I kind of made a poem out of these beer slogans, if you want to hear it. Oh, great. Yeah, so it goes like this. It doesn't get any better than this. Be yourself for a while. Sooner or later, you'll get it. A whole lot can happen out of the blue. You never forget your first girl. Senses never forget. Life beckons, choose wisely. Out of the darkness comes light. I mean, that's quite good, isn't it? And that's just all made up of beer slogans. I mean, it really shows you how alcohol markets to a sense of loss and longing. <laughs> yeah, 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 you, you couldn't really do that anymore. Well, it's sort of, it's yeah. appealing to a strange realm of emotional, <laughs> yeah. sort of, um, emotional intensity. Now we move on to two spirits, Kerry. What ghosts haunt the shelves of this pub of your mind? I'm not a massive spirit drinker, so I'm just going to go more for a sort of sensation than taste. (laughs) (laughs) It's nice to go for a sensation. Yeah, like a martini, a sweet martini in lemonade, something a bit like your mum would drink in the 80s, that sort of vibe. Okay. Nice. Sweet martini. So is that like a sweet vermouth? Is that... so? a sweet vermouth. Yeah, something like that. My friend Jenny was at um, uni once and ordered a dry martini. And the, the barman thought she said a tri martini and made this drink with three different <laughs> kinds of martini in it. Which <laughs> is very inventive. Oh, that is very impressive. Uh, there's something so appealing about a martini when you see it in films. And I have tried so many different types, but all martinis are absolutely undrinkable because they just taste like gin. But I don't like dry. I don't like a dry martini. I quite like a sweet martini. It's you know, it's not classy. So, in order to achieve that, are you getting a sweet vermouth and gin because that's what you need for a sweet martini, or are you just drinking the vermouth neat? I'm drinking the brand martini. Yes. I see the bottle in the optics. Yep. That's what I'm okay. after. And then my other okay. one, I'd if I'm going for another spirit, I'd probably go for a rum, a rum and coke. Something like that. What what sort of rum? Mm, what was that Barbados rum, like Jolly Roger or something? What what are those rums? Captain, Captain Morgan. Morgan, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> this is like word association. <laughs> Caribbean pirates rum. Ha <laughs> ha. That's that's what. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> I'd l- I'd love to hear you on Desert Island Discs. You know, be like, what's your what's that song? Is it um. Yellow, the yellow one, yellow. Something by ABBA. I'll have something by ABBA first. <laughs> yeah, so, I'll have something by ABBA, something by the Beatles. I like to work in broad strokes. <laughs> this is what I'm like when I order drinks. I'm like something that makes me feel like a, my grands in the 80s. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Mm. It's time now to turn to the literate nook of the moon underwater and ask the lovely Robin what's going to make it into the pub library this week. Thanks, John. Uh, Yes, so this week, every week, we uh, sort of induct a book into the pub library. This week, it's um, Kingsley Amis on drink, which is uh, Kingsley Amis, obviously a brilliant novelist, comic novelist. Uh, from 50s, 60s, 70s onwards. Um, and he, in the early 70s, he wrote a book about drink and about drinking and getting drunk. I think that might be... Is that my copy? It is, yeah. You lent yeah, it yeah. to me. <laughs> You've underlined some bits. It's, um, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it, I mean, like a lot of Kingsley Amos's stuff, it has dated a little bit. But uh, it's very, very... I mean, he was such a funny writer. But it's quite funny to read, because the the first bit starts off about how he hates pubs, because they play pop music. Oh, wow. And he doesn't like pop music, and this is in 1972. So his whole thing is about you should drink at home and kind of prepare your drinks at home and stuff like that. But um, the funny bit, the funniest bit I found was about hangovers, which we were talking about hangovers earlier. So, yes, so Kingsley Amos divides hangovers into the physical hangover and the metaphysical hangover. 
which uh, I, for me, there's always been three kinds of hangovers. There's been the one that affects your head, the one that kind of affects your stomach, and the one that affects your soul. So I think similar vibes there. But the metaphysical hangover is great. This is what he has to say about the metaphysical hangover. When that ineffable compound of depression, sadness, these two are not the same, anxiety, self-hatred, sense of failure and fear for the future begins to steal over you, start telling yourself that what you have is a hangover. You are not sickening for anything, you have not suffered a minor brain lesion, you are not all that bad at your job, your family and friends are not leagued in a conspiracy of barely maintained silence about what a shit you are, you have not come at last to see life as it really is, and there is no use crying over spilt milk. If this works, if you can convince yourself you need do no more, as provided in the markedly philosophical, he who truly believes he has a hangover has no hangover. That's very good. Quite a neat trick if you can pull it off. Yeah. Have you ever had one of those hangovers, Kerry? Yeah, loads of them. I mean, total, most of them now, like I said earlier, you could section me on most, I mean, like existential <laughs> despair. Yeah, complete Absolutely. dread. Awful <laughs> dread. I mean, I love the way he can philosophize his way out of it but i definitely couldn't yeah do you ever watch um did you ever watch westworld you know the robot cowboys tv show i watched the first like six episodes and then found it boring there's a great bit where they give the cow this this robot cowboy character they sort of insert aspects of his character his personality into him and one of them is given a formless guilt for which you'll never atone (laughs) (laughs) it's quite a good definition of a hangover you know well, thank you very much, Rob, for that uh, addition to the pub library. Kingsley Amos. Is it On Drink? On Drink, yeah, by Kingsley Amos. And he, there's also a very famous description of a hangover of his in Lucky Jim, which uh, I recommend people check out. But it's time now to uh, increase the uh, cultural appeal of The Moon Underwater, Kerry, because as alongside the the library we also have a jukebox and you are allowed to add one album to the moon underwater jukebox that you feel perfectly befits being played in a pub albums aren't so much a thing now are they like it would have to be in my memory like it would i would have Will it be to... something from your kind of mid 90s period and yeah i think it really would have to be and it wouldn't be an album that i would necessarily stand by artistically it's to evoke the visceral memories of the duke in about 1996 and it would either be uh oasis what, what's the album the main one <laughs> the main one <laughs> <laughs> uh definitely maybe or what's the story morning glory yeah what's the story morning glory one of those that one or i tell you what i'll go for me and my mate used to drink all our money and play squeeze on the ah, jukebox yes. and that is a very vivid memory of me and her i think squeeze are even from south east london i think they're like a Deptford greenwich band clapham yeah. and um clapham's mentioned in one of their songs yes, yeah. this is true but um yeah i think that sort of i think because you can really sing along with squeeze <laughs> And you don't have to be that good at singing, so if you're pissed, it's even better. Yeah, that's a great shout. So dare I ask which Squeeze album, or is it the main one? Greatest Hits. Greatest Greatest Hits. Good. (laughs) Squeeze is Greatest Hits. Squeeze are brilliant, though. They're a good pub band. Are they the band that did the song about milk? Yeah, but, I mean, no. I mean, they did a song called Cool for Cats, so it was used on a milk... Cool for Cats, that was on a milk advert. but they did... um, They did Up the Junction. That's a great song. That's the one with the Clapham reference. Another Nail in My Heart. Do you know that song? Oh, that's a good that's one. genius. And it's got my favourite ever guitar solo in it, which is unbelievably good and comes in after the first chorus. So why not just put it in there? I thought your favourite ever guitar solo was Marky Moon. Yeah, when I was 16. Things have changed, John. That was 20 really? years ago. <laughs> yeah. You didn't text me to say you updated your favourite guitar solo. Sorry, sorry. I when did you start getting into squeeze in later few, life? Yeah, a few years ago. Things have changed, John. Really? <laughs> Fascinating. I couldn't. I mean, I've I've been trying to play the Marky Moon solo for many years, but I couldn't I couldn't even get close to the squeeze one. It's so good. Really? Yeah. Ah. Mm. Well, you learn something new every day. Yeah. 
Sorry, I kind of I sort of hijacked that then, Kerry. Sorry. Oh, I'm very happy with that. I mean, this is purely just a memory of a jukebox that is very I'm fond of. That's why I'm very attached to that that album. But aren't all memories just memories of a jukebox we're fond of? Definitely. I mean, if you could go back to any pub, like if you had a time machine to go back to any pub at any time, it would purely be that for me. It would be that pub and that music at that time in Okay, so we move on to now, after having discussed our dream pub memories, to pick your wild card drink, Kerry. So anything that hasn't fitted into the previous criteria that you think your pub would benefit from. Oh, God. We've, I mean, I'm not very good at... This isn't my strong point, is it? Um, maybe I'll have a fizzy wine. Fuck it. I would say what we've learnt today is that Picking specific drinks for a fantasy pub is not your strong point. <laughs> However, that doesn't mean your dream pub isn't amazing and you're not being fantastic company. I think I'd have a great time at your pub. <laughs> I mean, podcasts are very niche and you really have to lock in to the very specifics of this one. And I, that's not my strong point. But I'd go for a fizzy wine. Nice. A fizzy wine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah fizzy wine go on let's yeah. make it a special occasion right D- dare i ask you to be more specific than fizzy wine a carver, a carver. let's have a car it's a carver yeah. i like the way you've kind of done this almost like a rider request you know. <laughs> this is what my rider request where people are like what do you want I'm like, i don't know a sandwich or a yeah a, a pop i'll have some pop you're barred so Let's just recap. Let's hold on to our hats. So in Kerry's grand's house, where you can see the canal and there's a goat, you've got £10 plus Malbec, Italy, with the caveat, if Italy make Malbec. (laughs) I'm happy with that. Uh, You've got apple ties. You've got sweet martini. (laughs) You've got Captain Morgan's or Jolly Rogers dark rum, whichever's... (laughs) Whichever you can find at the cash and carry. <laughs> I might pull back on rum. Maybe I should have no. gone for vodka. But then it's a bit boring, isn't it? I just think rum's a jolly juice. Rum is jolly juice slash liquid sadness, depending on your experience of rum. I've, yeah. Rum's been banned from my house since April 2017. We're listening to apparently Robin's favourite ever guitar solo on Squeeze's Greatest Hits. <laughs> And we're drinking fizzy wine, a.k.a. Carver. But, Kerry, what are we not going to be seeing in your pub? What would you ban? Oh, that's good. What one thing do you hate about pubs? Oh, and I'm very sure of this answer. Okay. Screens. There we go. The old enemy. I hate screens in a pub. What specifically? I just hate the fact that it detracts from the ambience of the pub. And it, like I said, I have got fond... I'm not a particular sport fanatic, but I do have some fond memories of watching some World Cups in pubs. But I don't like it when it's just on all the time and half the people in the pub aren't really watching it. A lot of screens are just on in life and no one's watching it. And occasionally I've been in a pub and... like, Of course, if everyone's watching it, I'm not an arsehole. But if no one's watching it, turn it off. I think... My rule with screens would be, if it's the World Cup or the Euros, it's allowed. Yeah. If it's not the World Cup or the Euros, it has to be something with the sound off. And it can't be just terrestrial TV shows. Oh, God. Absolutely not. I love Pointless and Countdown as much as the next person. But I don't go to the pub to watch Pointless and Countdown. No. I think things that work well in a pub are cricket with the sound off. I think snooker with the sound off, but nothing more engaging than that. It has to be a relaxing thing. What about a bit of Wimbledon in the summer? Yeah, Wimbledon, maybe I'd allow a bit of Wimbledon as well. It's got to be the sound off. Yeah, no, fine. I'll allow a bit of sound off. But generally, especially as I'm not a sort of sports person, 
Because I think you have sports pubs. Go to them. Go to a sports pub if you want sport in a pub. But that is not what I want from a pub. Hurry up, please. It's time. It's been a delight to chat to you. And what a roller coaster we've been on. And you're about to leave the moon underwater. But with you, you get to take your pub to visit whenever you like. So you get to go back to the Duke, 1996, <laughs> with Squeeze On drinking fizzy wine. It sounds like a, almost sounds like Van Morrison, doesn't it? Um, but you've got to have a name for your pub to differentiate it from all the other pubs. What are you going to call it? I'm going to call it... I like that feeling when you're in a pub at night, possibly if it's like cold and wet outside and you're inside and it's hot and there's condensation and maybe there's a lock-in so there's that cosy feeling when they close the curtains and the world is outside and you're on the inside. I like... I think something like... You can't get the word condensation in a pub name, can you? (laughs) That's not... I think you can. I thought sweaty. What about the sweaty shack? Or something like that. The sweaty shack. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mind it. I'm having the sweaty shack. The sweaty shack. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Because condensation isn't a good word to put in a pub title. I think we can get condensation into mm. a pub name. The cosy condensation hole. <laughs> the cosy condensation hole. <laughs> but the sweaty shack has got a catchy vibe to it. The condensation... The cosy condensation tap rooms sounds not as welcoming. The condensation and goat. Condensation and goat. Well, is it going to be the sweaty shack or the condensation and goat? You call it. It's got to be the latter for me. I mean, that's a brilliant name for a pub. Yeah, it's got to be the condensation and goat, I'm afraid. Because sweaty shack sounds a bit like a... It, it sounds like a bit tawdry. Uh, it does. It does. It sounds like a sex den. So, Kerry, you're about to re-enter the mists of the ululating street. Okay. And we wish you well on your return to the former realm. Uh, thank you so much for creating the condensation and goat for us this evening. And we wish future bartenders all the best in deciphering your vague <laughs> demands. <laughs> I don't think I could be clearer. Maybe clarity is not what you're looking for in a dream pub. No, I do need a key, a key worker when ordering drinks. It's best if someone helps me. Yeah, don't unpack your heart with words. Let's keep it vague. Let's keep it vague with a £12 mail back. <laughs> OK, uh, well, it's thanks to Kerry Godleman. It's thanks to the lovely Robin. And it's thanks to all of you too who make this pub a true region of the mind. Oh, I really enjoyed that. Uh, And in order to play you out and wish you well on your merry way, Kerry, we're going to uh, have a little bit of your pub jukebox selection. So uh, what track would you like from Squeeze's Greatest Hits? I suppose it would have to be up the junction for me, I think. Okay, so here to play Kerry out as she travels to the further realm is Squeeze Up the Junction. There she goes, the wonderful Kerry Godleman, and we thank her so much for joining us here at uh, The Moon Underwater. And next week we'll be opening our doors to the superb Vic Hope, and we can't wait to talk to her because she's got uh, a pub past. Mm. She's got pub previous. She's worked in pubs, always like someone who's worked in a pub. She's worked in pubs, and pubs have done their work in her. Mm. It's safe to say, so we can't wait to see her uh, and share that discussion with you. And as always, that episode with Vic and this episode with Kerry will be in extended form for uh, those who subscribe on Patreon. Uh, Also, without adverts, sans ads. Mm. And you also get access in the top two tiers, the TTTs, to Behind the Cellar Door, where Robin and I go beyond the pub from within the pub. So go to patreon.com forward slash moonunderpod to subscribe Uh, and also remember there's 20% off at drydrinker.com using the code moonunderpod for anyone who wants to sample some of their super session beers wine spirits and ciders so we can't wait to see you next week until then fare thee well may thy pint be true may their pub be strong
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.